Hello and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators and they fall into one or more of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, the folks who help others build their businesses, and then on the other side of that coin, the do-it-yourselfers who like to keep your own hands on the levers as you grow your business and your venture. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our guest experts can help you win at the Game of Business and Marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. We update every single week. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators like you. Now today, I am especially excited to have as our guest here on the Business Creators Radio Show, my good friend, Rick Cooper of Social Media Outcomes. And we're going to be talking about how to engage influencers on every social media platform. Now, I can tell you, I have interviewed Rick for trainings inside the Business Creators Institute, and I've also been a guest on Rick's webinar series. So he and I have had the opportunity to share with each other's audiences. And I'm going to strongly advise you right now to take just a moment, if you haven't done so already, and get a pen and paper out. I will have my pen and paper out because what Rick is going to share with you is absolute solid gold. I've even done some private coaching where Rick has done some coaching for me, and I can tell you that you will walk away from what we're going to share with you over the next 50-some minutes with a gold mine that you can use when it comes to engaging influencers on different social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much wherever you decide to play, this will work for you. So just to tell you a little bit about Rick, he's an online marketing and social media trainer. He's the author of Seize Your Opportunities, Marketing Magic, and Extreme Excellence. Rick is the founder of Social Media Outcomes. His website is socialmediaoutcomes.com. Rick works with small business owners who want to generate more leads and earn more sales online. He helps business owners increase their visibility online. He provides coaching, training, and done-for-you services. Rick was featured in Comstocks Magazine and has been interviewed by the National Networker, the East Bay Times Business Journal, and allbusiness.com. Rick, welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. Excellent. Glad to be here, Adam, on the show today. And we're so honored to have you here as well. Now, before we dive in, what I'd like to do is just take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little bit. We read off your official bio and your and your greeting statement, but what we'd like to do is just tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you to where you are today. Good question. Well, I'm passionate about working with small business owners to help them leverage technology to grow their business online. I started my own business back in 2003. I had worked in the corporate world for about a dozen years, and I loved what I was doing, but I felt like something was missing. When I was back in college, I had the opportunity to become president of an organization on campus called the Entrepreneurial Network. We brought in local business owners to share their story with students. And it lit a fire inside me that inspired me to one day start my own business. In the fall of 2001, we all witnessed a life-changing event. September 11th changed the way that we looked at life, and it got me refocused on my vision of starting my own business. That opportunity finally came to pass in May of 2003, and I've been helping business owners ever since. I live in Sacramento, California. I should say sunny Sacramento, California. And I also have family that lives here in the Northern California area. And I also love to spend time with my cats. 
And the baby of the family is Daniel, who's an adorable orange cat who loves to hang out in the kitchen waiting for his next meal. And I know uh, you're a big cat lover, too, Adam, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we have that in common. And um, I've had the great opportunity to have many coaches and mentors over the years. Uh, one of those is uh, Eric Lawholm. I've known Eric since 2007. He's my coach, my mentor, my business partner. And I've had the opportunity to work with Eric in a variety of roles. Uh, I also love to create information products, and I've also uh, worked with clients to help them create information products in the process. Uh, one of those books that I created was a book uh, called Seizure Opportunities, which I co-authored with six other experts. I've also worked as affiliate manager for some of the th- top speakers in the world, including Laura Langmeyer and Adrian Ashley. So I have a variety of experience, and uh, many of the clients that I work with are coaches, speakers, trainers, and consultants. So I think that fit, kind of fits into your audience of, uh, of uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners that you're serving. So I think um, the ideas that I'll share on the uh, show today are going to help people to get into action to be able to leverage influencers online to build their own presence, uh, grow their platform, and increase their results. One of the blessings of my business in my life is that you and I have had so many opportunities, even up till now, to collaborate on different projects and on different promotions. I remember you and I first met back in 2013 when you were co-hosting a, uh, I believe it was a telesummit, and you were one of the co-hosts of the telesummit. So that's when you and I first connected. It was back in 2013. Yeah, yeah, it was 2013. It was like the summer, fall 2013. Mm-hmm. And we've had the opportunity of sharing with each other's audiences. And I know that, uh, I know that, you know, you've done some coaching with me as well around the area of social media, which is why I am so enthusiastic to vouch for what you're going to share with us today. Now, we're going to dive in in just one second, but there is one question that I need to ask you. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. Now, many of our listeners tell me they have pretty much everything they need at their disposal to implement anything that they hear that they should do on the Business Creators Radio Show, except for time and money. Now, this is the question we ask every expert who appears on our show. And what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact this whole thing about engaging influencers on social media? Well, I think uh, one of the biggest um, opportunities that presents itself in relation to time and money is uh, when you reach an influencer, you can accomplish so much more. So and you could have develop a relationship with one influencer that could accomplish as much as you might do in terms of two weeks of picking up the phone and calling people. Right. So uh, I think it can definitely be a huge time saver. And, and not only that, but it also can lead you to uh, higher quality people. Like a lot of the efforts that you might implement, you might not be reaching the best people or your ideal customers or clients. And if you can find the right uh, influencer, the right potential joint venture partner, it's going to help you to be able to uh, reach a large audience of your ideal customers or clients. And then I think in relationship to money, I think that's that's a function of that as well. Right. Uh, you can have uh, – I was just doing a, um, a webinar recently and uh, working with an influencer on that, and they had notified their network of the event, and it filled up my event. And I generated a number of sales as a result of that. So I think if you can if you can leverage an influencer to be able to grow your email list, set more appointments, and generate more sales, then that translates into money as well. 
and there's something I really want to pull out of that. Uh, here at uh, the, the Business Creators Institute, we have a course on discussion group game, and it's all about how to use a platform that's right in front of you right now, available to you for free on social networks, on Facebook and LinkedIn. And it's all about how to use the way you participate in discussion groups to attract prospects and clients and grow your business. So what we're going to share today is the perfect complement to discussion group game because discussion groups are where you're going to find a lot of the influencers, although Rick I know is going to share share with us a great bit more, including how to reach influencers and some of the strategies behind that on different platforms because the thing we have to remember with social media is that different platforms have different functions and get you different results. Uh, so you kind of already shared with us, in a way, why would small business owners and entrepreneurs want to contact influencers? And what I really want to point out is you can by making one very key contact. You never know when you're going to run across this person, which is why it's important to be persistently consistent. One person can open the doors to 20 different opportunities. And when you know where and how to participate on social media, you can find the actual influencers and not the uh, social media assistant they hired to voice them, which is also very key. And uh, we may get some insights on that as well. But what I'd like to do, Rick, and uh, I'd like to start with maybe complementing some of my knowledge, because we talk a lot about about Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, what tips do you have for people uh, to locate and use influencers to grow their followers on Twitter? Sure. Uh, I think Twitter is one of the best sites for being able to reach and to leverage influencers, in, and I believe that for a couple reasons. One, it's easy to find and to follow people on Twitter. Right. Take, uh, and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about LinkedIn a little bit later. But with LinkedIn, when you establish a relationship with someone, you're establishing that relationship based on uh, oftentimes an already existing personal relationship. And Twitter is much more of a site where you can just pop out there and develop a relationship with somebody new. And you can have as much access as anybody can to them on Twitter. And uh, the other thing about Twitter is it's easy to create uh, what's called social currency. And there are a lot of different definitions for social currency out there. But the one I want to use with you today is in terms of creating goodwill with people. What you want to think about is what are the things that you can do online that will help you to uh, demonstrate that uh, you want to help support other people. Recognize them, acknowledge them, cross-promote them, share what they're doing, or just proactively go out and seek out resources that you can share. And and so one of the key strategies across different platforms, but uh, especially true for Twitter, is that you want to make sure that as you're reaching and connecting with people and helping them, that they see that. It's it's um you know It's okay to do things to help people and they don't see it, but ideally, you want them to be visible to that. So, for instance, if you're going to, uh, if you, I'll just give you a quick example. If you went out to somebody's blog, like if I went to your blog and I found a great blog post and I wanted to share that out on Twitter, then when I shared it, I would want to include your Twitter ID on there. If somebody wanted to do that for me, if they wanted to share one of my blog posts, for instance, they would go to socialmediaoutcomes.com, find a blog post, go out to Twitter post a tweet, and then make sure they put their my Twitter ID in there, which is at sign Rick Cooper. And what that will do is that it notifies me through Twitter. I can see that as a mention. My name has been mentioned on Twitter, and that creates visibility. So number one, if I'm not already following you, I might start following you. Number two, I might favorite your post, which then goes into my favorites. It's like bookmarks on Twitter. And then number three, 
I might go out to your page and take a look to see if there's anything of yours that I might be able to favorite and might even retweet as well. So uh, social currency is easy to create. It's It takes an ongoing effort to really be memorable. So you can't just expect that you're going to do one thing one time and that you're going to get the attention of somebody and maintain that attention over time. The bigger the influencer, the more time uh, or the less time that they have to be helping other people out. So, you know, luck plays into it a little bit. You mean to tell me that I can't come up with some kind of 140-character whiz-bang tweet, put it out there just one time, and I'm going to attract 20,000 followers and increase my revenues by 600% by Friday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to say that that is true, Adam. Um, I think uh, any strategy, and as you know, any marketing strategy really needs to be consistent over time. You need to find things that you can do consistently over time and and multiple strategies, not just one, not just two. Uh, I implement dozens, if not hundreds of different marketing strategies online, and I do that consistently over time. And it's it's the combination of the strategies. It's creating synergy between those strategies that ultimately creates the results. But influencers, you know, the way I think of influencers is it's kind of like taking a rocket and strapping it onto your car. Right. So if you're driving a Pinto and you strap a rocket on it, you're probably just going to fly off the road and, and explode into a wall. Right. But if you have like a Lamborghini and you strap a rocket on it, that thing's probably going to going to just zoom. And so you need to have, you know, the proper systems in place. You need to be using the proper tools. You need to be consistent in your marketing. You need to have a strategy. And as you do that, it's going to help you to be able to accomplish your results on an ongoing basis. That's great. And I'd like to sort of veer off our approved course here for just a second here, because another thing I've noticed about Twitter is it seems to be, in some cases, a flamethrower range. Like, for instance, um, Every web hosting company, every domain registrar, and every type of company that offers a service that people expect to access instantly has a Twitter feed. And the moment that the websites go down or the servers go down or the domains don't work or the shopping cart breaks or what have you, uh, they need to have a person basically full-time basically curating Twitter because people are going to go there and spew venom unlike anything you're going to find in a story about a dragon. So... Um, Translate that to the business creator, and Twitter is a place where, for better or worse, we tend to find more haters, because I think it's because it's a little less personal in some ways, because you're talking 140 characters at a time, and your profile is not as much of an avatar as it is with platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn, where we have very detailed profiles, so people feel they can take pot shots and then run and hide, so to speak. Uh what is your what are your suggestions for dealing with somebody who uh, knocks you around on Twitter? Well, I think um, you've got a couple different options. One, uh, probably the simplest to do is just simply to block them. Right. Uh, you know, if you if you're getting harassing messages and and you don't know what to do, you can simply go to that person's profile and simply block them. That's not going to prevent them from posting messages and including your your name in there. Right. But um, you know, uh, what, what's that phrase about it takes two to tango? Yes. And usually what happens is people try to defend themselves and step up, and in the process of that, they just kind of end up digging a deeper hole. So by blocking them, you kind of shut down uh, the conversation back and forth. Because oftentimes it's not so much 
they may not be reaching your ideal customers or clients as they're communicating, but when you're communicating with them, you're you're drawing um, you know drawing attention to it, and you're sending people over you know to to them. So I think in, in certain cases that might be an option. Uh, second option would just simply be to ignore it, in which case you're still going to see the messages, but you're just not paying attention to it. Uh, you can try to confront them directly and respond to them. But, uh, you know, it's tough to win that kind of a flame war back and forth. And so uh, you always want to make sure that as you're communicating, you're not saying anything that makes you look worse than <laughs> than you would have been otherwise. So, you know, it's really tough to, uh, you know, it may be tough to address that person individually. I think a fourth option really is to take it offline. Uh, if it's somebody, for instance, who is a client or customer, then you might have a better chance trying to take it offline first through email, maybe then by phone and talking to them directly. Because if it is a problem, uh, if that problem can be fixed, then that will appease them. And that kind of removes that uh, that issue there. But uh, I, I've had a lot of people, uh, you know, probably more so on Facebook than Twitter, that for whatever reason they didn't like my style of content or posting my my messages tend to be very inspirational yep and there are just some people that don't like that there are some people that believe that the world is a bad place and that it's a dog eat dog world and those people end up finding me and then attacking me <laughs> so so uh you know what i've done on facebook on that is just simply block them over time i kind of have the the three strikes rule and then i go maybe four or five strikes and then i finally reach an endpoint and I just go goodbye, and I um, and I block them, and they basically I disappear to them, and they disappear to me. So because uh, usually what will happen, like on Facebook, is people will just post a comment there. You know, they'll go to one of your posts and then post a comment. Whereas on Twitter, they're posting on their own page, and they're including your Twitter ID. So if you don't say anything back to them, then only their audience sees that. And what I found is a lot of these people who tend to do this, they don't have a very large following for the most part. You know, maybe right. they only got like a couple hundred followers on Twitter. And and so it, it's really probably not worth your time and effort trying to fight them like that. You know, there, there's a couple things to that because I used to allow myself to get sucked into flame wars. Uh, I found myself victimized for a while on LinkedIn by this one person who owned a company that allegedly was a website conversion consulting company. But it seemed like all she did all day long was find my posts and then just start scathing them and coming up with all these ridiculous ways. And she kept saying, you're wrong, over and over and over again. And I, the way I made her go away at the time was I just I just outlasted her. I said, okay, you want to post four paragraphs about me? I'll post eight paragraphs about you. And then eventually she's like, eventually she's like, oh no no, I don't want to fight you. I just wanted to share some ideas. And then she backed off. Now, you now I do have other options as well. I could, um, you know, I could block her. I could ignore her. Uh, some people feel that if you block or ignore, her, that's uh, sort of like chickening out, or it's like surrendering or acknowledging their right. And I've learned that that's really not the case because, like, particularly in the case of this one flame. I had, she didn't have any followers. And if you went to her website and you and you looked at this thing and you're thinking she teaches people website conversions, you got to be out of your flipping mind. There's no way. Well, the last I heard, she was out of the internet marketing industry entirely. I went back and checked like a year later, and I just had a chuckle at what she was doing now. So I guess mm-hmm. that whole thing of trying to build her website conversion business by uh, attacking other website conversion experts, I guess that didn't really get her too many customers. <laughs> I imagine not, Adam. Yeah, for the amount of time she wasted on me, she probably could have built out 
twenty to thirty thousand dollars in consulting services, and I probably lost almost that much money even caring. So um, one thing I love that you said, and this is something that I we teach in the discussion group game course, and I've shared with people many times, is when you do get a flamer, uh, maybe it's a client, maybe it's an influencer, uh, and I learned, and I actually learned this from a friend of mine, a gentleman named Kenan Fort, uh, he who's pretty well-known in several different industries, and uh, he um, was confronted with a flamer once, somebody who was attacking him over a financial dispute inside a discussion group, and, uh, he, and, he, used, and he used the phrase, um, something effective, um, am, I just, am I just now hearing about a grievance I wasn't aware of? Mm. And, uh, and what he, and the way he approached that person, he's like, uh, you know, he kept inviting that person to message him privately so they could work it out. And, uh, what ended up happening is he ended up exposing that other person as just a flamer, somebody who just wanted to cause problems. And I've tested this a few other times and coached a few other people through this as well. And when you invite somebody who's attacking you to discuss things privately and you take the position that's like, hey, I'm not sure exactly what this is, but I'd like to try and work it out with you, but let's take it offline. If they're actually serious about solving the problem, or their anger towards you uh, has the idea that they want to resolve something or gain something, they'll go private with you. Right. But if they don't, all that means they're trying to raise themselves up by tearing others down. And when you offer to work things out or you offer to take things private and have a one-on-one discussion with them and all they do is just keep up the public attack, everybody else that's watching sees that you were the bigger person that tried to be a professional about it and they were just being an ass. Right. That, I mean, that, that's, how, that's how you win. So... As far as Twitter, um, what advice do you have for us for getting better organized to communicate with influencers? Because, man, I look at my Twitter feed. I only, I mean, I don't even follow 2,000 people, but, man, that thing moves so fast. It's like I, I lose conversations because they move so fast and I have to go looking for them. Things I'm getting ready to retweet or whatever, and it's gone. So how do you organize influencers with something that's moving that quick? Well, that's a good question, and, um, and I have um – I currently have about uh, uh, 16 – actually, I'm following uh, 16,500 people, and I have 24,500 followers. Right. So when I go to my news feed, I get about 20 new tweets every two or three seconds. So um, number one, what I suggest is Twitter has a great feature that's called Twitter Lists. Right. It's a built-in component. And you can go in and you can create somewhere up to around 15, maybe 20 uh, different lists within, I think it's more like 15 lists within Twitter. And you, they can either be a public or a private list, and there's a value for both of those. And so let me give you kind of two strategies at once here. Uh, the reason you want to create a public list is it's a way to acknowledge people. So this goes to another strategy for influencers. So like, uh, most of my lists are private, and I use it for kind of tracking uh, different uh, groups of people. But I uh, decided I wanted to do one for a public group, so I called it Movers and Shakers. And right now I've added about 31 people to it, so I need to add more. And what's nice about that is every time you notif- every time you add somebody to a public list, it will notify them. And oftentimes what I will do is, because uh, I've been added to probably over 70 different lists Right. Before. And every time I'm added to a list, I will usually acknowledge those people. I will tweet them and say, uh, hi, so-and-so, thanks for adding me to your list, and I'll cl- include the link. And I don't think most people even take the time to acknowledge that. And it, that accomplishes two things. One, that helps to uh, support the relationship of the person who's saying, hey, here's an influencer. I want you to see what they're tweeting. 
And then number two, it also uh, lets my audience know, hey, Rick's being added to lists, and it kind of gives mm-hmm. them a subtle clue to add me to their list as well. Right. Then um, private lists are great for – it could be for tracking sources of information. Like I have a, a private list for social media experts. So I'm an expert myself in social media, but I don't know everything, and so I wanted to monitor what the other experts are saying. So I have 314 members that are on that list. And one thing that's nice about a Twitter list is you can go in, select that list, and within the list you can either look at the members list or you can see a customized news feed. Now, as I mentioned before, I have about, uh, I'm following about 16,000 people on Twitter, and the majority of those I probably don't want to see their tweets on a moment-to-moment basis. Right. So what's nice is I can filter a news feed just with those social media experts and I can see what they're posting. This is a huge opportunity because, for one, you know, oftentimes when people are tweeting, they might be tweeting, uh, they might be automating some of their tweets, but in other cases, they might be posting right away. So if you can be, like, right on top of what people are posting and you can respond back to them, often you can catch people when they're live. And that can be very powerful is to reach people when they're live on social media. And this is going to be true for across the different social media networks. Like, you can see if you post something on Facebook and you have somebody comment, and you comment back to them, you can have a conversation going back and forth for a while with them because you know that they're live on there. So you want to catch people when you know that they're live on those sites. And so by by monitoring what's being posted like right now, this very moment, then you have a better chance of actually reaching people live. Right. Now, uh, I'd like to switch over to Facebook here for a moment here. And there's so many ways to reach influential people on Facebook. Um, and at the same time, as I made an allusion to earlier, you don't always know if that's actually the person posting or somebody doing it for them. So how do you reach influential people on Facebook? Huh? What, what's your strategy? Well, there's a, there's a couple different techniques that I would use. Uh, one is going back to the strategy mentioned earlier with uh, discussion groups. So Facebook groups are a great place to meet people. Now, you can't, it's kind of difficult just to immediately go out and find all of the ideal groups where you can reach influencers. So part of what you have to be, uh, be doing on an ongoing basis is paying attention to uh, what groups other people are connected to. So as you find an influencer, see what groups they're in and see right. if you can go join that group. A lot of Facebook groups are uh, open. Some others you have to be invited to attend. But as you come across groups, see if you can uh, uh, join the group. And that way it will lead you to kind of a cluster of influencers. Now, one thing about uh, posting in Facebook groups, it's not the same thing as like going out and posting on your Facebook page. Number one, uh, posting anything about your business in a group uh, could get you instantly banned from the group. And what's interesting about a lot of Facebook groups is that they're self-policing, meaning if somebody notices something, they will often bring it to the moderator's attention and ask them to have that person banned from the group. So there's no three strikes uh, policy in most Facebook groups. You know, it's like one strike and you're out and you never get to come back. Um, and I know you teach a lot of strategies around using discussion groups. And one of the things that uh, that you teach uh, is around uh, being a resource, you know, right. answering questions. I think, um, you know, whenever you're new to a group, instead of just jumping in and trying to post things, why not try to like what other people are posting and just comment on what other people are posting? And as you begin to see some trends in what people are posting, then it may become, you might start seeing some insights in terms of what you could share in the group that would add value to it. So that's the first way to reach influencers is through Facebook groups. 
Another great te- technique to find Facebook uh, or to find influencers is through other influencers. So if you are, uh, so part of what you should do is to go through your list of Facebook friends and identify who are the influencers. And one of the ways that I uh, identify a person of influence is that they're a person uh, who has a network of people that includes your ideal customers and clients. So an influencer to you is going to be specific to you versus somebody else. So you want to get clear about who are the influencers that you're already connected to. And in most cases, Facebook will allow you to go and see who their friends are. And so one influencer can often lead you to maybe three or four or five or ten different influencers. So you want to be visible to that. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier about getting organized. One of the other tools that I think works great for any social media site is to use spreadsheets. I use spreadsheets to compile information. So as you come across people, rather than just automatically going and trying to add them as a friend on Facebook, add them to a spreadsheet. Because part of what you want to do is you want to uh, be able to learn more about them and think about the best way you can have an entry into the relationship. Right. And this can take us actually back into Twitter because if you go out to somebody's website, so if you find them on Facebook through another influencer, you find a link to their website. You, you might have to just Google them to find their website. But if you can get out to their website, then look to see if they have a Twitter account. If they have a Twitter account, go follow them on Twitter, add them to a list, uh, favorite something. Establish a relationship on Twitter because that's more of an open network. And then once you've established a relationship, then you could go back to Facebook if you wanted to and connect with them there. The other thing I would recommend on Facebook is uh, if they allow it, follow them. Because if you click and try to add somebody as a friend and they don't approve you, that actually works against you. Yes. But if you simply follow them, then that creates visibility. They'll see that you followed them and they might actually reciprocate and follow you back. That's where the whole following thing came into play, because when Facebook originally introduced the whole following thing, uh, people were thinking, well, what, what's that for? Why should I follow somebody? I want to be friends with them, right? Mm-hmm. And what I also tell people, not only through just what I you know, share on a daily basis, but specifically within the discussion group game curriculum, is a strategy for getting folks to send you a friend request, I very, very rarely, very, very rarely send friend requests myself. Almost mm-hmm. all of the connections that I have on my Facebook are a result of incoming friend requests. And that's the way I like it, for various reasons. Another right. thing that I like to, another thing I like to share, uh, about this is, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head here in terms of the whole thing about how to reach discussion, reach influencers in discussion groups. And one of the great strategies, and this is very similar to what we share, is, that when you first get into a discussion group, don't try and dominate the discussion. The first thing you want to do that I tell people is go in the group, uh, acknowledge acknowledge the moderators. Thank you very much uh, for letting me join the band. This is going to rock. I look forward to being of service. And then just shut up for a week. Mm-hmm. That is so hard for many marketers to do, regardless mm-hmm. of introvert, extrovert, or whatever. It is very hard to be inside an active discussion group and not contribute anything, especially when you start to see your competitors contributing on things. But I tell people to have that discipline for the first week to just observe, and you'll begin to see who are the influencers, who are the movers and shakers, what is the general tone of this group, what are some of the mores, and what are some of the hot-button issues, what are some of the real needs that people have in this group that you may be able to fulfill when you start jumping in and sharing your brilliance. And then in week two, after that first week where you just sit back and watch, I tell people, go and start commenting on everything you can find. 
Just make sure it's original and not Attaboy. Make sure it's something original. Mm -hmm. And then people are going to start seeing your name show up. You're going to start sharing some brilliance. And then these influencers you're looking to reach are going to say, who is this Rick Cooper guy I'm seeing everywhere all of a sudden? And why haven't I heard of him three years ago? He's great. Right. And then they reach out to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great a great strategy. And the other thing to remember in groups, too, is uh, you can click on the Members tab, and that will show you all a list of all the members in the group. And uh, I think it's important when dealing with influencers to uh, make a list. You know, use a spreadsheet, make a list. So maybe there's 2,000 people in the group. Well, you don't need to go connect with all 2,000 people. You want to slowly call that list down into maybe the, your top 10 list. So, you know, for each group, think about how do I come up with a top 10 list? And what, I'll just give you a, a, a little advanced tip here. It's pretty easy to do. But as you go through that member list, all you have to do is kind of hover over a, uh, a person's name, and Facebook will pop up a little box there. And that will often have a button there where you can uh, click to add them as a friend or click to follow them. Uh, you can also, in many cases, right-click and just copy that link. See, um, part of what I teach is just to try to be fast and efficient on social media. You don't need to click through and go to everybody's page right away, but just, you know, see the people who jump out at you and um, grab the link, put it into a spreadsheet. You can always come back later and go visit their profile and, and check them out. But uh, if you're new to a group, you want to – and also, by the way, do the same thing to see who is actually participating in the conversation. Sometimes uh, when I go to a group, I can't even tell who the moderator is. Uh, there's no pinned post on there. There's no list of rules with a name. And so it just kind of looks like a free-for-all. <laughs> it's tough to tell exactly who's leading the, the group. So I, I think moderators should always identify themselves, but, but they don't always do that. But see who are the names that show up mo most often. Uh, sometimes it's the moderator. Sometimes it's somebody else within the group tends to dominate the conversation. And, you know, they might be dominating positively or they might be dominating ne negatively. One of the things about influencers, the loudest person or the person who's talking the much, the most, isn't always the most influential person. Right. That's also very important to remember because there are people who go in there and uh, just like to hear themselves talk or read themselves talk, for instance. And they say, be careful who reaches out to glad hand because they may have something up their sleeve. And this is another reason why I encourage people to have the discipline after you join a group to just be quiet and observe for at least a week. Because in a week's time, if it's an active group with a lot of things going on, you will start to see who the real influencers are versus the people who just like to talk a lot. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, and the, the final technique is just to um, look for people online. Like, you can always find people online. Like, you could go, for instance, to Blog Talk Radio and look to see who's a guest on a show. You could go out to certain uh, uh, online magazines, for instance, and see who, uh, who are submitting articles. And you can uh, find a link or go ahead and just Google their name and find their website, and that will often lead you out to a Facebook page. Now, it usually leads them to their leads you to their business page. And again, you might have to do a little bit more sleuthing to try to find their personal page. But that is another great way to find influential people because influential people usually are doing things out in the public. They're doing things um, because they have, a, they have a larger presence. They have a larger reach. They're tapping into media outlets and different resources. And so if you can find them and then track them all the way through, then you can eventually connect with them either on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn and that begins the relationship. 
Right. Precisely. And and again, I think it's about showing your brilliance, sharing your value, and being somebody who serves. So what I'd like to do now is, uh, before we move into LinkedIn, because that's another great place to reach influencers, LinkedIn, which is personally my favorite social media platform, I'd like you to expand a little bit more about this social currency concept. You introduced it by definition earlier on, but if you could expound upon that a bit, because I think it kind of ties into where we are right now in our conversation. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, there's um, a lot of way, uh, a lot of different definitions of social currency, but the, the way I look at it, and the reason that the word currency is, is in there, as in money, is that uh, you can build up social currency yourself uh, with other people by helping them and supporting them. And it's, I'm, I'm not suggesting that you kind of build up a, you know, a book of favors where you can reach out to people. But what ends up happening is, is if you are a proactive person who is actively seeking to help other people out, then you become valuable to other people. In fact, there are actually cases where um, companies have targeted people who have a large number of followers on Twitter or presence on Facebook and actually given them gifts, like given them trips or sent them merchandise or things like that. Uh, wow. And then they, they positively uh, you know, share messages about that. So, you know, when people find influencers, when company find, companies find influencers on social media sites, then they will often uh, find some ways to support them. But I think for the average small business owner, the way to think about it is if you want to establish a relationship with someone on social media, then it starts by helping them out, not asking for help uh, initially. Right. So ways that you can help out on Twitter, you can simply retweet something. Or again, you can go out to their website, look for a blog post or a video, go to YouTube, find a video and share it. And then make sure you include their link in there. And this is not just a one-time thing. This should be like an ongoing thing that you do for people. And it may take a while before you see if people begin to reciprocate or respond to you. So, uh, you know, you could have some dead ends along the road where you try to help some people out and they don't really acknowledge you at all. Uh, or you could have people acknowledging you, and it's uh, like you mentioned earlier. It might not be them. It might be their their uh, their assistant or a virtual assistant or somebody else. And so you're not really having a personal relationship with a person. You're just having a relationship with an account. Right. <laughs> so you know, there's nothing that's connected there. So one thing about social currency, uh, you want to create that goodwill, and then ultimately you want to uh, lead into an opportunity where you can connect with them directly through email. Uh, or ultimately by phone. So uh, nothing's really going to happen probably until you eventually get on the phone with somebody and have a conversation with them. And, you know, you might get a little bit of random help here and there. You might get uh, someone who's a uh, uh, an influencer like, you know, for instance, in the personal development world, somebody like Jack Canfield. You might get a retweet from Jack Canfield, and that could bring some followers to you. But, you know, those are small things, and what we want ultimately is we want a relationship with an influencer that will lead to something more. And, you know, one thing to keep in mind here is that you're kind of stuck at the level you are until you reach a new level. And so uh, some of the techniques that I recommend clients uh, implement are to position themselves as an expert, uh, use content marketing, uh, create content through blog posts, Articles and videos and publishers online create information products and ebooks. So the more that you step into this role of becoming a content creator and sharing a message, 
the more that you become attractive to other influencers as being somebody to work with. Right, which is the reason to keep on blogging and keep on doing things, even when it gets tiring, even when it gets boring. As I like to share with people all the time, just when it starts to get really boring for you, is right around the time it's probably getting real interesting for an influencer. Yeah, that's a good point, because I, I, I often will go out to somebody's website intentionally to find a blog post that I can share, and the last thing they shared was from uh, six months to a year ago. Right. And I'm a lot less inclined to share content on a site where it's obvious that they're, they're not maintaining it. They're not posting new content. And so I might have gone out there with a desire to share that or find a blog post to share in my email newsletter. And because I didn't find anything current, I'd move on to the next person. Right. I, I know what you mean. And, you know, I, um, I had a little bit of a tragedy happen to me a few months ago when we went with Help My Website Sell 4.0. We had a problem with the import, and uh, it, came, it came up at the very end where, for some reason, the new blog theme would not accept any of our posts from the previous Help My Website Sell. So there go about 400 posts just right down the drain. But, 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 here's the thing. We were able to import the posts onto a dummy site that we keep hidden someplace. That just means I get to post them all over again. <laughs> and uh, some of them will not get reposted because they're retired information, but a lot of them are definitely repostable with some updates. So I look at that tragedy and that lemon, and I'm turning into lemonade. So uh, what we've been doing here at Help My Website Sell is we've been looking very introspectively in terms of where we want to position ourselves in the markets going into 2015, 2016. Rather than just grabbing content and slapping it back up there, we're going to be strategic about how we bring back the content. We've recently made some uh, long-range decisions about where we're going to grow the business and what we're looking to attract. And within the next two weeks, you're going to see us start to bring that content back with a vengeance because we want the influencers. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so that was just my that was just my little personal note. If something tragic happens, it could create for a golden opportunity, and uh, you can start any time. So if you listen to what Rick just said, and it's been like six weeks or six months since you posted on your blog, I'll leave you with one other little suggestion here. When you participate in discussion groups, this is another reason to get on Facebook, get on LinkedIn, and get in those discussion groups. Because when people ask questions... That means they're trying to solve a problem, and you may have the solution. It may take you a few paragraphs to describe that solution. Just wrote yourself a blog post, and as coaches, consultants, teachers, and mentors, we do our best work when we're solving a real problem from a real student. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so, so get out a real-world situation. Yeah, Definitely. so get out of the sterile room and go out in the real world. Somebody out there is ready to receive your brilliance, and in the act of providing them that brilliance, you may create something that you can share with other people. Now, LinkedIn, considered by many, by many, including me, to be the best site to reach executives and influence, influencers. What do you think about that? I think it's a, uh, a great site for reaching certain kinds of people. Uh, certainly, you find a lot more presence of like corporate executives, CEOs, COOs, and others. So for somebody who's in a B2B industry, I think LinkedIn is a great site. I think you will also find uh, many different small business owners and entrepreneurs out on LinkedIn. One of the reasons that um, many people like LinkedIn is because it's more of a business-oriented conversation. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time on Facebook 
And honestly, sometimes the conversation that shows up in the news feed is, I mean, we both love cats, but, you know, you can only see so many cat photos and cat videos. You can only see so many funny videos and quote graphics and everything like that to where you want more of a serious conversation. And so you can invest time on LinkedIn and have real conversations with other business people and, uh, you know, with a different kind of dynamic. And uh, the other thing is LinkedIn really, you know, if you're willing to invest the money for their premium account, it can offer you some additional tools to be able to reach people as well. And there are also even other third-party solutions that allow you to, you know, send out more templated messages to people to make contact. But I think, um, you know, one of the things I like about LinkedIn is it probably is the best site for learning information about other people. One of the things that people often miss out on social media, because, you know, people get hung up on just broadcasting messages. They're, they're just thinking from a marketing standpoint, like, let me just spread a ton of information out there and assume that, you know, hope that something sticks. And one of the things, the ways that you can think about social media is that it gives you greater access to people and information about them uh, than we've had, you know, ever before in the past. You know, people who used to be extremely private, who you'd never be able to find anything about on, Suddenly, they have tons of information about them out on social media. And if you go to somebody's LinkedIn profile, you'll learn about their their whole background. You'll see what jobs have they been at, how long have they been in the current role. Uh, you might see if they've published books. You see uh, all sorts of things that they've done as well as who they're interested in making contact with. So uh, it's a much different approach than Facebook. You know, Facebook really was designed you know, for people in college wanting to connect with each other and stay in touch over time. And, of course, you know, over time it's evolved to this whole different thing. But LinkedIn really started off as a place for business people to come together, network, connect, develop relationships. And so I think if you're interested in reaching influencers, LinkedIn can be a great place to start and make connections with people. And, and you know, if anything, when I talk to people, uh, you know, if I, if I say, you know, what, what, what social media site would you like to spend more time on? What social media site would you like to spend less time of on? Most people say less time on Facebook and more time on LinkedIn. Right. Right, right. Very true. Very true. So well, how would you go about finding influencers on LinkedIn? What do you think is the best way? Well, first of all, uh, one of the great benefits of LinkedIn is that it has a powerful search capability. You can Indeed. go in and you can search by uh, title. Uh, like a, a title of a, uh, within the company, like a CEO or a COO, for instance, or a public speaker, professional speaker. You can search by geographic area. Uh, Facebook has some capabilities around that, but it's really kind of limited. LinkedIn, you can actually put in a zip code and specify like everybody within 25 miles, and it will pull up a list of those people. It's extremely powerful. You can also search ba- based on keywords as well. And since most people are trying to optimize their LinkedIn profile for keywords, keywords can be a very effective way to find people in specific niche audiences. So uh, think about what uh, keywords your uh, uh, ideal influencers that you're trying to reach would be using on their profiles and then search based on those terms. And again, compile a list. You know, uh, you don't have to just immediately go to somebody's profile and click to connect with them. Take the time to add their name to a spreadsheet Start compiling some information. Here's the link to their Twitter account. Here's the link to uh, their website. And by the way, you can also use uh, like a CRM or customer relationship management system to gather that information. I've just found that the simplest tools are often the easiest and the best to use, and they're right. the ones that I go back to time and time again. So I love spreadsheets. 
And, and, you know, within one spreadsheet, and I oftentimes will use Google Docs, like a Google spreadsheet to, uh, to do this. And I could search from it from, you know, a desktop computer or a laptop or a phone or a tablet computer. And I can create different tabs for different purposes. So I might want to create one for coaches and one for consultants and one for speakers and one for trainers. And then I compile a list of each one of those uh, groups of people. And then over time, I'll go back and say, well, how can I have a contact with this person? Oh, okay, well, I have their Twitter link, so let me go out to Twitter and retweet them. Oh, this person I'm already connected to on LinkedIn. Let me go send them a private message. Oh, this person I'm connected to on Facebook. Let me go over there and have some interaction with them on their account. And so try to drive your activity kind of from a central point than just go to a site and spend an hour there. Uh, be more strategic in your social media communications. Spend a little bit of time every day reaching out to influencers, making contact, uh, creating social currency, building goodwill, and that will eventually pay off. That's great. And again, it's all about being persistently consistent. So what I'd like to include here, and this is a question that I get asked a lot, and we've had other folks on the Business Creators Radio Show who talk about LinkedIn, and this question always comes up, and I really would love to hear your insights on this. What tips do you have for following up with influencers? Good question. Well, first of all, remember what I mentioned earlier that it's not enough just to simply have interaction with people on social media. I think, you know, with the advent of the Internet, there's so many people there out there who are interested in building their business online. But, uh, and one of the reasons is because people don't like talking to other people. You know, there are some people that have a fear of the phone. And I want to encourage you to embrace the phone because if you really want to develop a relationship, if you really want to find some common ground with an influencer and ultimately be able to reach their audience, uh, probably the, the, the best way and, and maybe even the only way might be to actually have a conversation with them over the phone. Right. And uh, so, again, you know, having their information, if you have their website, you might be able to find a, a phone number there. You have to remember the larger influencers have kind of a cadre of people that will stand in the way. They have gatekeepers, you know, receptionists, assistants, and others who will stand in the way of them. And uh, that's one of the nice things about social media is you may be making direct contact with a person. So uh, it's great if you could get somebody's buy-in to have a conversation by sending them a private message or sending them an email. But if you have a phone number, just try to pick up the phone, reach out, and make contact with them. And then you could even follow up and say, hey, I just, I, uh, you know, you could send them a private message, for instance, on LinkedIn and say, hey, I just reached out to you on the phone today. I wanted to chat with you about such and such. Uh, you know, when would be a good time to chat? So you could make the phone call and then send a private message to follow up. Or you could try to get permission first by sending a message and saying, hey, let's chat. You know, what would be a good time to chat? But I've often found, you know, if you can just kind of assume the connection and make the phone call first, Oftentimes, you might be able to reach them directly or get through to them through the gatekeeper and then have a conversation. Right. And that, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because there are a lot of influencers out there who do have somebody who helped them manage their LinkedIn. And the strategy behind the LinkedIn follow-up tends to be what do we need to do to figure out who the influences are, who we want to connect with, and get people on the phone. There are a lot of people I know who are very active in terms of their LinkedIn marketing, but they don't really get involved in it themselves until the moment it's time for them to pick up the phone and call that person or it's time for that person to call them or what have you. So there are many strategies out there for drawing influencers closer to you and vice versa where it gets to the point where you end up on a telephone call. And uh, that's one of the things that's really brilliant about LinkedIn and one of the best strategies about it. Now, 
Are there any other sites out there? Because we talked about Twitter, we talked about Facebook and LinkedIn. Are there any other sites out there where these influencers are hanging out? Good question. Uh, I, I think uh, a couple other sites that um, that you can look at would be, for instance, Pinterest and Instagram. Uh, Pinterest has the highest number of uh, of women users of any of the different social media sites. So right. if you're trying to reach women influencers, Pinterest might be a way to do that. Instagram is interesting. All the conversations happen around pin, uh, around images on uh, Instagram. Just like uh, on Pinterest, you have pins or, or pinned images. On Instagram, you take a photo off your you know camera, for instance, and they have communications that way. So what that means is that Instagram often is a direct link to somebody's phone because the way that people interact through Instagram is usually through their mobile device. So they might see your information. And again, you know, not everybody is active. Not everybody is managing their own accounts. The larger the influencer, the less likely they are probably to be the person that does that. But because Instagram is off of a mobile phone, it could very well be that uh, if it's posted on the person's profile, that they're the one that took the picture. They're the one that shared it. Um, right. But don't don't expect influencers to always be the most tech savvy. Um, you know, some are, some are not. And so you might be trying to send them messages and they don't even know to go in and check their comments on, on the, uh, the, on the uh, pictures, for instance, on Instagram. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very key point there. Now, uh, we have, uh, you know, we have just about, uh, eight minutes left here. Time flies and we're having a great time. But there's one more question I want to throw out there. And this is something that I think is on some of our listeners' minds right now. How do you influence an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Well, uh, first of all, I think uh, you have to be an influencer because one of the greatest ways to have influence on an influencer is if they perceive you are an influencer too. And, you know, it's there. there is a perception and then, then there is a reality because when it comes to influence, really it all comes down to – actually it comes down to two factors. It comes down to numbers of people, which is how many people can you reach, and it also has to do with how – how influential you are in changing people's behavior. Like you could have a million followers on Twitter, but if you post something and no one ever responds to you or retweets you, those million followers mean nothing to you. Right. And uh, there could be others that are uh, that have fewer followers but are much more influential. Right. And so you want to find that right combination where you have someone who has a large presence. And keep in mind, too, that a lot of the big influencers out there they probably have more of an email list than a social media presence. Kind of the old school ones who are out there, uh, they may not be up uh, up and uh, on, on social media, but they might have a huge email list in the background. And oftentimes email can be one of the better ways to reach a, an influencer's network than just having them share something out on Twitter or Facebook. So that's actually kind of the, the coveted strategy is to actually have an influencer send out an email message for you or spotlight you in an email so um, so it starts with being an influencer, and one of the ways to do that, by the way, is to have a professional appearance on social media. So if I go out to, like, for instance, if you go out to my Twitter page, go to twitter.com slash Rick Cooper. Right. Uh, I have a very professional-looking uh, cover image on the page and a background image there because I've hired a graphic designer to create those images for me. If you go out to my Facebook page at, at uh, facebook.com slash social media outcomes, you'll see a nice professional cover image there. When I host an event like a free teleseminar or webinar, I have a special event graphic that I use that my graphic designer created. 
you're going to have to invest some money at some point in having a graphic designer create the proper graphics for you for social media. If you just randomly went out on the Internet and found some kind of picture of a pond or a lake or a mountain and put that up, that is not a branded image. So an influencer is going to look at that and say, this person doesn't really know what they're doing. They don't have a professional appearance. They don't have a professional brand, and automatically it discounts you. So if you want to influence influencers, you have to be someone who appears influential. I think another thing to do is uh, that you can become an affiliate for somebody. Many influencers are selling some type of a product, a service, or program. They may have an affiliate program. And I think you can get visibility with uh, an influencer by showing that you can generate sales. If you become an affiliate and then begin sharing things, and so they're seeing that you're sharing things on social media, you might be sending out email messages, you generate sales for them, then suddenly now you're on the radar. And that makes it a lot easier to be able to reach them and have a conversation with them and work with them to um, to get a result is if you can put money in their pocket. Hey, uh, you can put money in my pocket. Uh, you got my attention. We'll put it that way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and 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 for the and for the crowd that's uh, and for the crowd that's very much gets to the point. I don't have time for this blah 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 and sharing and liking and commenting. You start talking money, they start talking back. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and so it's it's that um, and you have to kind of pick and choose and you know a lot of these uh, you know I would almost describe it as almost having like an influencer pipeline. If you're familiar with the concept of a sales pipeline. Where you, you know, take somebody through like a sales funnel for a, you know, at the top you offer something for free. They might purchase a low cost information product and on and on. Uh, you can have an influencer pipeline. So keep track of your influencers and where they are in the pipeline. So somebody who doesn't know who you are and you've never made contact with them, they're not even in the pipeline yet. But somebody that you start to make a connection with, you start connecting on accounts, you start uh, messaging, then they start getting a little deeper. Uh, when you reach the point that you have an influencer begin, you know, ultimately sharing your messages and then where you can lead to the point where you might have a personal conversation and talk about some ways to, to do some reciprocal marketing. Uh, like for instance, if you have a radio show, like, uh, in the case of the uh, business creators radio show, you could, um, reach out to another radio show host and offer to interview them. You could say something like, I have a radio show, you have a radio show, I'd love to have you on as a guest, and I'd love to be a guest on your show. So there's a power in reciprocity. And so if you can approach someone with something that is on an equal par in terms of supporting each other, then um, once you do one you know, joint venture or strategic alliance or supporting them in some way, it's a lot easier to do another one down the line. And one right. caution that I will say is, for, for, for newbies, people are, who are just kind of starting this process, oftentimes they get very excited up front and then they just kind of spew a bunch of different things that they could do and then overwhelm the other person. And you really have to pull it back. You have to rein it in. You have to figure out one opportunity where you could leverage an influencer and then just focus in on making that happen and play to their strengths, play to their strengths. That's great. So we actually have uh, about 90 seconds left. So, Rick, if you could tell us real quickly how people can get a hold of you and what people what you have to offer. Sure. You can visit my website. Go to socialmediaoutcomes.com. I also have a free report on 10 ways to monetize social media. And the way to get that is to go to my website at socialmediaoutcomes.com slash monetize social. Socialmediaoutcomes.com slash monetize social. If you'd like to reach me by email, just send me an email at rick at socialmediaoutcomes.com. 
You can also call me at 916-248-5440. 916-248-5440. Rick Cooper, Social Media Outcomes, thank you so much for being with us today. As I predicted, this was quite an experience and an education. Excellent. Thanks and glad to be on the show, Adam. And sometimes they are so action-packed, we run right up to the top of the hour. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and also search for us on iTunes, where we help business creators just like you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.